Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is episode number 181 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, the Buckatorium, as uh, we all named it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, feels like home. We are in lovely Sherrard, Illinois. This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. My name is Steve. In the studio is Kurt. As always, what's up, everyone? Eric. What's going on? Papa Dave. Good evening. Oh, he's here. Get on that mic, Dad. <laughs> yeah, get, get in on that get mic. Get on that microphone. All right, yeah. All right, well, there he is. Ross Biggers in the house as well. That's me. Austin Chandler, what is up? Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome back, fellas. You guys are the dynamic duo, Yeah, I sure. guess. One of one of Ross's uh, second tag teams. I haven't given you guys a name yet, I don't Two think. Two peas in a pod. Well, we just made I, I him sound really gay right off the bat, so yeah, welcome okay. to the studio. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome back, back guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, we're never coming back. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> No, you guys they, uh, are. Uh, they wasted all the good stuff talking to each other in the car on the way here. So that's what I heard. So they're all burnt out. They're a little quiet, but we'll pry it out of them. They had to, dude, that was probably the best deer hunting knowledge that you will ever never hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they can never duplicate it. If again. only never. we could have put you in the back seat and then just taped your mouth up so you couldn't speak. That would be like the most valuable thing for you, so you could just hear <laughs> good hunting conversation, and maybe learn a thing or two. Funny story, just so you guys get into this. Uh, the first time I ever met Austin, you know, Ross pulled me aside and he goes, "Hey, man, uh, you know that um, 
when me and you talk, we joke. Um, when me and Austin talk, we don't joke. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he said. So it was like a kung fu master, just like, uh, you know, instead of saying, hey, uh, just don't talk a whole lot, just... Just shut up and listen. Take Here's it the in. light. Take it in. Fly to it, little birdie. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm not, I re- that, I remember I'm not that. that serious, am I? I remember mm. that. No, mm. we we, jo- we joke. Awesome. We, I mean, mm. we, we all joke around. But <laughs> yeah, okay. Didn't I get was, that vibe. Still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like Eric and Austin, you guys are kind of in the same category. It's like, Eric, you're getting better because you, you got to because Steve's around. But it's like you guys speak with purpose. It's a fact. I mean, it's science. <laughs> you mean he's getting better? He's getting better at speaking with purpose? Is that what you mean? No, without it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because of you, you're rubbing off just like ever so slightly. God. You're like rust. It starts with a little spot. Next thing you know, your whole truck's gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. So what is the Z-Bart of this podcast? On to our sponsors. What was, we're moving on. Z-Bart, uh, strangely enough, no, I don't even think they're a company anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. This are podcast, they really? Oh, yeah. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by HHA Sports, Single Pin Nation. Absolutely love them. Single Pin Sites with a lifetime warranty and rest now, the Virtus. So mm-hmm. we're getting those ready to slap on our elites. So check out HHA. Uh Bringing up Elite, we'll just cut right into it. Elite Archery. Um, I'm putting the tempo to work this year. Let's, let's do a run around of our Elite bows. I am shooting the tempo, and I'm shooting the, the brown one, and my, my bronze beauty, if you will. The bronze Papa beauty. Dave, what are you shooting? Impulse 31. What happened to your mic? I don't know. Is his mic not on? Try that. Yes. Mm, I don't know. We're what literally getting nothing. Papa Dave is shooting an Impulse 31. If Maybe you can hear him. Hold that one. Somebody test here. Go ahead, Eric. I'm shooting the option seven. I'm shooting a brown riser option six. <sighs> that boy. I'm shooting a brown riser camo limbs tempo. I've got the green. Uh, was it the forest green or what? It, what's that green they call this year? Question mark. Question mark. I'm looking at Ross. Come on, Ross. It's green riser. Green riser. <laughs> Just scroll <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm shooting the uh, option OD six. Green. Yeah, with olive, uh, olive green in it. With, with black know. limbs. Check, check. Oh. Do we... Papa Dave's mic is... MIA. Uh-oh. Go ahead. What did you say on. Papa Dave was shooting? Uh, Impulse, Impulse 31. 31. Check, check. Yeah. Yep. So Six-inch brace height. <clears throat> he's been putting it to work. Uh, yeah, well, we... Uh, so everyone in here is shooting elite this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, as we, uh, as we continue to fix the problem here, uh, if you want to fix your scent control problem... Scentcrusher.com. Go ahead and check out uh, all their products that they have. Check, check, check. Most everyone in here has got, uh, got Scent Crusher products. I know uh, we all run Scent Crusher bags. Kurt's got a tote. The roller bag. I tripped the roller over bag. three or four different totes bags and everything <laughs> else on the way in. Into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the uh, Ozone Go for your car, and we've got a uh, room clean going. I think it just turned off, but... Stanking up the room. It, it's well, cl- cleaning yeah. up Eric's mess. Yeah, no. Eric. Good <laughs> Sorry Lord. about that. Eric has the That's typical Domino's pizza for you. Yeah, Eric has the typical Eastern Iowa guy diet. Just listening to Jamie Johnson and eating terrible foods. Hey, there's something. We just got to get right in with it here. Right in. Check one two. Check oh, one two. Nice and tight. I don't know. That mic is uh, apparently faulty. It was working earlier in the pre-show. <laughs> Sorry, gotta, Papa Dave. Just got to shave your mustache. Talking to that one. No problem. <laughs> hey, that, that, sounded, that sounded good there. It's working. That wouldn't be good for Doug. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, sorry about the mic issues. Continue on, Steve. You're doing a great job. All right. But we've Big got that shit to... show this episode here. We'll get it together. <laughs> exactly. Well, all right. we're talking about food, and when you talk about food during deer season, you better be talking about Smith's Custom Meats, 
all the uh, product that you can get from there. I know mm. we're all mm. gung-ho about the meatloafs. I'm bringing a couple meatloafs to Thanksgiving tomorrow. We'll see what my family does. Smith's Custom Meats in Deer Processing in beautiful Viola, Illinois. If you're in eastern Iowa, western Illinois, anywhere around here, take your deer there, man. You will not be disappointed. That's right. Veteran shout-out, you got one? I do. The vet shout-out here is, uh, since we got the light off, I can't read my notes. We are a mess this episode, boys. I am not. I just set that stuff over there. The vet shout-out this week is a, is a listener of ours, guy by the name of Robert Clusty. He's a prior Army uh, MP. He's a uh, former Airborne. Your buddy Joel says, hey, thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for listening to this podcast. So that's two awesome things that you do that we are proud of. Thank you. Perfect. So, Robert Clusty, uh, I hope I said that right. Let me know. Um, if not, I will buy you a beer next time I see you, if I ever do. <laughs> but if I ever do see you, I will buy you a beer. <laughs> I can't right. imagine that one day, like, if I ever just start doing that and someone comes up and goes, hey, you said if you saw me, you would buy me a beer. <sighs> who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, who the hell are you? Oh, you shouted me out on your podcast. I'm like, oh, that thing that I used to do? Yeah, I got kicked out of that for saying too much stupid stuff. Yeah, it probably will happen. But anyway, exactly. let's cut right into it. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. This is uh, you guys are cranking them out lately with us. You come around a little more, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, no kidding. This number three. This is it's only number three. It feels like more. Ross has been you hammer them out for a while too, but yeah, it's been a while since you, I've been back. Three for you, Austin. I think this is my third. I've been up here two times, and then we did one there in Ross's yep. at one sixty four out there. Oh, so, yep. Yes, that was a good time. I well, miss that place in Illinois. This is so tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yep. This is the weekend between first firearm season and second firearm season for us. And uh, it makes for, depending on where you're at, it makes for, after first firearm season, it can be can completely change the way your season goes because some areas are highly, highly, highly pressured and shot up. And some areas are not a whole lot changes. Is that fair to say? Yep. Sounds pretty accurate. Um. And, you know, I had this prepared. It's basically sounds like this in certain areas. <laughs> and then you're like, I thought you could only shoot three times out of a shotgun. And then next thing you know. Yeah, he got away. They went out too far. And then it's like, whoa, what are they doing over there? Hold on, hold on. What? What is that? What is that? Are they duck hunting? What are they doing? Man, I hope that's not that big eight I've been seeing. <laughs> Man, maybe they're coyote hunting. Yeah, I don't know. You better take cover. Oh, oh. Oh. Get a jam. I don't, that's what it seems like yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, they call, you know what they call that? They call that the famous Whiteside County push. So <laughs> <laughs> We don't got any friends that live in Whiteside County, do we? I've trashed them a couple times. Yeah, trash them all you want. Okay. But it's... Uh, you hear that like some questionable <laughs> stuff. You're like, man, how many times does that guy shoot? What is going on over there? And it kind of makes you sad. They can reload yeah. real fast. Because that is for the majority of us, like, there's a lot of gun hunters that we bow hunt too. So nothing really changes. They just got the distance now. The same knowledge is there. The same setups and tactics are there. And then you have your people that all they've ever done is drive deer. And to m- in my opinion, you can drive a deer a correct way, but mostly it's just like a complete disregard and. Ethics and respect is out the window for an animal you're, you're hunting. That's my opinion. Not putting words in your guys' mouth over there, but it's just what I feel like. Dude, you remember that scene in was it Jurassic Park two when they're like they're they're like trying to catch all the animals and they got all those jeeps coming out and they've got like the ones where like the airbag like the, like the claw shoots out from the side and they're like trying to rope them. 
<laughs> do you remember that? No. Yeah, Jurassic no. Park, dude, dude, they're driving like all these Jeeps and shit, and they're like, they're, they're just trying to catch all these animals and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's probably how deer pushing really looks. I'm guessing. I don't know. It can, I don't know. It, it gets, in some places, like you said, I think a little bit ago, you said um, with a gun, you get... Few guys lined up and and everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. Even as bow hunters, bow hunters, gun hunters, they're all on the same page. The way you hunt the deer, the way that you shoot them, take them, everything. Uh, and then you get other people with guns in their hands. As soon as they get a gun in their hand, shotgun season opener, and you have a gun in your hand, and everybody cuts loose. And yeah, where's that four point buck that I've been seeing all the time? He ain't appeared lately. <laughs> what? You guys all started looking at me. I was like, I was done talking, and it wasn't that stupid. <laughs> it completely uh, cut off a good point. Um, anywho, otherwise, uh, otherwise, I'd say that um, at times you can get you get a few a few people in a neighborhood or surrounding properties to your property, and you're and you're trying to. Uh, we're trying to adjust mics here. I can't think straight. I'm sorry. Well, are your headphones I'm, too loud? Yeah, I'm getting blown off. away here. It's off. Yeah. Oh, I turned yours down on accident. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a little new messy every time we new, get it. New equipment. Well, it's dark in here, and I'm running the Hello? podcast, running this mixer board, and running a headphone amp over here all at the same time. <laughs> and he's wrestling. Can you not hear here. Austin? I've got nothing. Well, son of a gun. I'm still Man. hearing. I'm still there, hearing pretty go. good. I'm, I'm on. I'm, I'm cranked up pretty good. All right, we got Austin out. You good? I'm out. Ross I got nothing. <laughs> there we go. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. All right. right. Okay. The, we will get the... our shit together. This I almost just want to throw this episode out, and we'll just let's just drink Why beer don't... and listen to the sounds of us drinking. We, we could do that. I, uh... All right. Let me start off with this uh, wonderful Goliath Brewing Golden Nugget. Okay. Let's actually seriously talk about uh, the point that Ross is trying to make. Let's hear it. So the point that I'm trying to make is, at, you know, hey, you get... The guys out there that have a little 20-acre piece, 30-acre, 40, whatever, or, you know, a nice piece to hunt, and you try to manage that piece, uh, it's very difficult to get on the same page with all of your neighbors mm-hmm. and your neighbors' nephews and nieces uh-huh. and cousins and brothers and everybody. And, you know, shotgun season, it's it's a tradition. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about shotgun season because um, it is a bonding time for families, a lot of families. I mean, we, we I did it growing up. I mean, we'd Absolutely. all get together. We'd all take a you know, walk out there, get in a spot, and sit. And of course, about six hours of sitting there and not seeing anything, the first thing you want to do is go push. So you start pushing, and you have a chance at shooting deer. Well, yeah. now you have everything stirred up. So I don't know. For me, when I was carrying a gun, or all of us were carrying a gun, at some point, you automatically jump to that pushing mm-hmm. idea, and. Anything that you had planned going into it, like, you know, we're just going to sit this weekend. We're going to be really careful, be smart about it. And then you almost go into, like, desperation mode. And you, you just, just throw it out the window. You, yeah, right. you're like, let's go kill some deer. Right. I mean, realistically, if you come in after a weekend with your family uh, hunting with guns and it's Sunday evening and it's getting dark and you guys haven't killed anything, I mean, that that weigh on you. I mean, you want some excitement. You want to... Well, there's a difference, too, because there's the guys that only gun hunt, That's they get two weekends a year, and then they do... They get they feel that pressure. But guys that bow hunt are like, I know Biggie, I got 
till mid January to get right. it done. You right. Know? So yeah. right. absolutely, it's and a lot of gun hunters don't feel any pressure. It's just a tradition to go out and shoot anything that moves, and you really can't hold that against them. You know, that's uh, we've got a lot of neighbors that gun hunt two seasons and then they're done for the year. So you just cross your fingers and hope that they don't see that big boy that you've had tabs on for three years. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, it's like uh, our good buddy uh, Trevor Schmidt. Man, he he connected on a on a really nice it's tank deer. of an eight. And he, he's a he's a very serious bow hunter, but for him, he's still his, relaxed, man. He don't care about getting a deer or mm-hmm. nothing. He's just he's he enjoys it. Yeah, his first no matter what his first half of the season was really trying to get his daughter to get a deer, mm-hmm. and to him he he's always gun hunted. And we don't you know we don't rag. I mean we rag on people, but we're we, kidding. But yeah, we always are kidding because you know last week after we did the podcast, we are we kidding. Went over but to I want to make a point too at the same time because in. The majority of the areas that I hunt, there is no mutual agreement between neighbors mm-hmm. and right. and all this. Where I, where well, I, I bow mean, that's hunt, not, that's not just where you hunt. I think that's everywhere. That's the majority yeah. of that's everywhere. That's yep. the majority of the working class hunter, bow Absolutely. hunter, or b- bow hunter especially. But it's you know where I hunt, it's a small parcel, and me and my dad bust our ass to hunt it. We hang mm-hmm. our stands, we do our homework, we have our cameras, and I know. And I got a cell phone picture, 7.30 rolls in. The hunting's still good at 7.30. Here comes the Orange Army walking through the fucking middle of it. And, you know, of course, you know, I think a couple deer got killed off that ground this year from what I heard through the grapevine. And it's just, they don't ever go, the people that drive it have no connection to that property. Literally, all they do is drive around and push ravines all over the county. And it just kind of sucks. It's frustrating. The deer hunting, literally, it goes from, I mean, it's not the best hunting ever, but it's almost like someone just went through after first firearm season and completely just wiped every deer off of it. Just bulldozed yep. the whole Trail property. cams are dead. Everything. Everything. Yep. I think last year after it happened, I got one good buck on trail camera January 15th at night after gun seasons were over. First and second seasons were over. So that was like the only picture. And it's you sit out there and you just feel it just feels silent. It's like, what the it hell am I even diff- doing? What the hell am I doing out here? Yeah. I got all these stands, and every year they see, I see they see my cameras, they see my stands, and to and, me it's just absolute disrespect. And for a bow hunter, it's just heartbreaking mm-hmm. when you, you put, put in all that time yeah. and you hang your stands and you get ready. Now, now a two deer season shotgun hunter, that's all they do every year. Yep, not really focused on trying to get up close and, and kill a big one. It's it's really no sweat, and you can't you can't bring the hardcore bow hunter to the two deer season two shotgun season hunter different animal together it's totally different and the problem is you have different neighbors and little small pieces and you can't everybody can't get on the same page and like i said you get a gun in your hand yep. and sometimes you lose your mind mm-hmm. a little bit just That's because right. of the i don't want to say lose your mind you the gun hunter sometimes wants to uh really wants to just as a family as a get together you know you don't want to come back empty-handed so you you may you start pushing right. and start yeah right and i get know. that too to a point but it's uh i'm not a, it just makes it tough on the bow hunter that's like really hustling i was like man that's all i got yep and i had 15 dudes walk through it <laughs> yeah just for no, almost no reason at that point it's like you now, don't ever get now to i want to jump onto the next thing and say that uh, so during the rut, you're getting these deer, and they're moving through these pieces, and you and you have pictures of them. And then 
gun seasons are over and it's starting to get bitter cold and you're getting close to christmas and then we have till what january 15th yeah right around uh, around there give or take a couple days so it's going to get nasty cold that's illinois by the way for illinois i'm talking illinois here so more than likely you weed out a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. right so if and now if you're smart during the um during the summer months and you get your food plots in i'm still banking on december 15th through january 15th one solid month of right. really good hunting because those deer have to come to the food they're slaves of their food. stomach and yeah. they they're slaves of their stomach and austin said that in the truck on the way here and if you have the food in place those deer are coming and yep. but that's and the they've been difference. ran off they've been ran off there 15 right. guys ran through your timber it doesn't matter. It doesn't At some matter. point, they're going to get hungry, and they have to go to that as food. As long as that food is there, they'll come but, back. But so, that also brings the point that that's the big difference between the properties that don't have the food plots. Right. Like, and most of our cases, that our listeners. Right, because I don't have any properties that yeah. I'm able to put a food plot on. But if you do have a food source, like you're saying, then that, you know. Right. You, you or, got you gotta see or you're the little piece between another piece and the food, and you can right. figure them out. I mean, it, it's not... It's I'm not, not I'm not saying everybody not, can figure out how to have food in late season. Right. I just mean if if there's a possibility that's that's really what I'm trying to focus more on is I mean last year with my late season December 19th Austin filmed me shoot one uh out of redneck freezing cold. That was one of the most brutal hunts. But I I say brutal hunts. We were in a redneck blind and had a heater going. So <laughs> it wouldn't have been for that buddy heater. It would have been pretty brutal. It, I tell you what, it was brutal on a on a fifteen minute walk to the blind. But you guys had busted your ass though. Like you hunted a long season. We man. did, man. We were exhausted, and and to to close on that deer was just uh, amazing. I that that wrapped the whole season up right there for me. And I I killed I killed two last year, one in South Dakota, and then that late season whitetail. But I've I've never killed two bucks in illinois with my two tags it's always really? been one oh. yeah i never have hey, i've got a i've got a question i want to ask uh, to you guys me and kurt were talking about this before the podcast it's a it's a law i was like hey if, if they came up with this law how awesome would this be and i want to get your guys's input uh in order to draw a gun tag or a buck tag you have to shoot a, a deer with a bow first you know what i mean so it's like essentially an earn a buck or maybe it doesn't even have to be a, a you know, just a you well, shoot a deer with a with a bow and even, then you even earn a crossbow. You're saying firearm in general. Yeah, and then you earn a buck firearm buck tag. Right. What do you think? Whether about it that? be whether it be a crossbow or a com- or a Depen- uh, a compound uh, bow. Yeah, that kind of muddies up the situation. I would. I don't think I, so. I, I don't want to go too deep into that. Do you right not now. want? Do you nah, not like we're not going to go into it. We're I don't want to go deep into it. No, because I would say crossbows out of the situation. Completely. Yeah, I didn't even unless, factor in the cross. Unless that's you're, gonna, that's gonna that's gonna weed out most a of the people. lot of people. Which Almost you all of them. Which which you don't want to do. How about this? I would vote for this. Just move. Make first firearm season in Illinois where where second firearm season is already. That, or yeah, or make, match Iowa's. Match Iowa. Match Iowa. I've said that for a long time. Just match Iowa. If they I'm, matched Iowa, yeah. we'd be in Personally, good I'd just like to see an antler restriction, a size restriction. So if you're going to hunt with a firearm, you're, they hold you to an eight-point or better standard. So that way maybe some of the younger deer get to. I'd agree That's with that. That's a good call. That's a real okay. good call. A lot, a lot of states do that. A lot of uh, elk hunting places will say a four-point bull or better. So Firearm think, only. I, I think you could do something like that with a gun season. That would be more That would be uh, more accepting and doable, I think. Yeah. Because uh, – Steve, we don't. Steve, we don't. Killing me. We don't have an antler restriction. Oh. We just have you know, a shotgun comes in the first weekend in December, 
and then we have so many does per county so we can you know once those doe tags are gone you can't shoot as many does as you want to right what do you think would go over better with the guy who only gun hunts and the state of illinois uh both in the same if you just you know consider both point of views imagine it like iowa because they have an er you guys have an early firearm season right oh we have an early muzzleloader okay and then you guys have when did your first season start first season shotgun starts the first weekend in december okay so our second shotgun season yes and then so what do you think would go over better mimicking iowa's seasons like do it exactly how iowa does it early muzzleloader and then do the first shotgun season or first firearm season later or antler restrictions but keep the same seasons Either one's going to make a heck of a difference. What uh, do you think would go over better? I mean, I think e both would make a hell of a difference. I like, think I think uh, the mimic or mirroring Iowa would go over better. I think I think you're right. I, I like Just I like the idea of the antler restrictions, though. I mean, I because think the antler restriction will make the gun hunter slow down a little bit. Like you can't just shoot at a brown blur. You actually have to sit there and wait and look at the deer and make sure he has yeah. the points. And it's gonna it's gonna make the gun hunting a little more intimate. You can't just drive and shoot anything. That's it would make more it would make more educated hunters yeah. all around. I agree. I think it would. But what if they did both? What if they mimicked Iowa and did an antler restriction? Well, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine what Illinois would be in five years? The thing about it is they everybody... It'd be stupid. It'd be, it'd be crazy. Stupid it'd, it'd, good, what you're saying. Yeah. No, it'd, be, it'd good. be stupid good. Yeah. Can you imagine? There would be no debate. Well, Everyone would just be like, Illinois is the greatest state to, to well, hunt that's, ever. That's <laughs> all right, though, because all, all the Illinois deer cross the river into Iowa, so it'd be even You're better. so up your <laughs> ass. <laughs> no, that's what Kurt always says. So He always says Iowa's bigger. I'm like, they just all the all the good genetics Iowa has. Let's Facts are facts. The earth is flat, and so deer, that, good deer from Iowa swim over from Illinois. So that'd be good for us. So, yeah, go ahead and do it. That's fine. No, we yeah. we talked about, <laughs> we talked about uh, Austin and I talked about on the way here, um, what was that podcast called, by the way? Do <laughs> in the uh, truck. We, we were talking about Ross we were talking Austin. about ratios, uh, doe buck ratios. Um, his thoughts versus my thoughts, and back and forth, and how many do you just want to have a whole bunch of deer, the as much as you can, or should you have a one to one, or a, like a doe to buck, or mm -hmm. a three doe to one buck, or a, how many? And we went back and forth on it, and you know, I think we, I think we come up with two to one's pretty pretty good but I, was how are you, I mean how are you gonna control that i mean i, I don't know tough it's hard to it had to be what texas are, what are well, your and thoughts that, and that's the thing too like i don't know how iowa does it on our doe tags because each county has a limit on doe tags and i don't know how they go about getting that number right well for me it's very i guess it's it's really obvious that there are way more does than bucks mm -hmm. but i can't I'm, the reason that I can say it's really obvious, I guess, is I'm banking on my late season with a field with beans, and I mean we're talking it's it's like a forty fifty acre field and so standing you got, beans. You got every doe there. within twenty miles. So, yeah, so, his, so that's what we're talking about. Extremely high doe density. Yeah, right. we're talking probably seven or eight does to one buck. Mm -hmm. So in the most brutal weather, and you know those deer coming to the field. We can we can count them. we can count six bucks and fifty five does. Right. I mean yeah. that's bad. That's real bad. So that's what I'm banking on when I say there's way more does than bucks. So you're saying two to one is in two does to one buck. Yeah. I think that would be good, and I think our 
mean, and, Austin, what do you I think? Guess, what, how would you break that down? I, I look at the big names. I look at the Lee Lakowskis and the Mark Drury's and uh, uh, Bill Winky. Bill Winky. Uh, all these guys want the same thing. They want a one-to-one ratio. And Mark Drury, I watched an episode on him, and he really hit it home, and I wish I could remember all the points that he brought up. But it just makes for an overall healthier deer herd when your buck is not run to death. When he has mm-hmm. a doe, you know, when it's a one-to-one ratio, the bucks aren't running all over hell and back. It makes for a healthier deer, and in turn, healthier deer equals better antlers. Mm-hmm. It's just overall her- healthier herd. That's right. It mean, made a lot of sense to me point. the way he explained it. I wish that I would have taken some of those points away from that a little bit. And I think, well. in my in my opinion, um, when it let's let's think about peak breeding time high i mean it's it's full rut um and i made this point to austin on the way but we we talked about when you have a whole bunch of does in one area um let's say you have this, it's a pretty good sized block of timber and there's deep ravines and everything else these these big boys know where these doe bedding areas are mm-hmm. maybe maybe you don't know where they're at so and you had pictures of this deer all over the place and then all of a sudden peak rut comes in and you got nothing you mm-hmm. can't see him you haven't you haven't seen him no trail cam pictures no nothing uh he's smart enough to know where that doe bedding area is and he knows where the other doe bedding area is and he's going to go from back back and forth from one to the other mm-hmm. and he's got his pick between 40 different does so he and he's making a hundred yard distance between the two right where if you thinned out those does and he had three does sitting over here in this bedding area or four or whatever and then he had five or six in this other one he's going to go back and forth and if nobody's bred or nobody's ready or nobody's in in uh asterisk yet then he's going to get on his feet and he's got to cruise that field and start looking searching trails and and all that and, you may, for hot and you're going to get a chance at seeing that deer <clears throat> yeah that's my thoughts anyway that i was going to say that too it makes there's more competition and there's less it's just not as easy Right, you know, if you go to, uh, I mean, and Clint Casper, our buddy, has uh, that does our blog and everything, he's on the show quite a bit. He's due for a new episode. Um, he kind of made the point like you could almost compare the rut to the bar life for a young single guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. You know, and, and he, I can't, I wish it's all on on the podcast. I'll have to dig it up. But he said, you know, one, and I don't know if he covered this, but it's kind of apply like if. I go into a bar by myself, and it's full of hot single chicks. I'm not going to really make my way around that whole bar in one night because I'm going to stop and talk to every single one I can in one that night makes and, sense. and see who's down. And But if there's, you know, if the the bar is all chicks, but there's two in the corner and then two over there by the gambling machine, I'm going <laughs> to run all over that bar trying to talk to all of them in the, within the night. So it does... Uh, mm-hmm. It, it, you know, you can apply it to that stuff. It's almost the same thing. It really, I, I think it is. That is the uh, episode where eye pumping came from. Yeah, eye pumping. <laughs> You're in there eye pumping all the. <laughs> but it, it makes sense. You know, if you go into a bar and there's nothing but dudes, I mean, you know, not say anything wrong if you stay there, you know, but. You got to move to check for, yeah, for does. Yeah, you're not going to hang out there too long. I mean, you know, you might or if, get or if there's only three and there's 25 of you guys in there, uh-huh. there's going to be a brawl. Exactly. <laughs> Rattling is going to work. Rattling is going to work. Yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's someone's empty glass. <laughs> you know, that's the rattling when a chick shakes her empty glass. Who's buying me a seven and seven? Jeez. Good Lord. That's number two, Eric. Get off your damn phone. 
spill spill the easy. Right, wait, are you taking a Snapchat? No, no, I mean, so let's one. let's talk about this. This I like this talk. This uh, this ratio talk. I feel like it's very important. It's something that it's it's hard for us to analyze as hunters, and let, and I think it's even hard for a biologist to come in on a property in the Midwest because how would you ever know? Yeah, people say yeah, you can do trail camera surveys, but that's do why you I, really. I talked I talked to a guy the other day, and he said he had uh, Doctor Deer come to his farm. Had to pay quite a bit of money to have his input. Uh, they're talking about deer density, and Doctor Deer's idea was: the more deer, the better. You leave this much food sitting there, mm-hmm. and keep all the deer on your farm. And it was it just tons. I mean, it's like a zoo. You walk through these woods, and there's just deer running everywhere. And mm. and I think that's great if you can if you can pull that off, but. What I, I mean, talk about the coal bucks and the other bucks that, that really need weeded off that farm. How are you going to do that when you have, I don't know, what, 180 deer on your farm? I mean, that's that's unrealistic. I, you, I mean, that's hard yeah. to come by. But if you uh, – I'm just throwing out a number. But wouldn't it be better, in my opinion, wouldn't it be better to, to keep everything – keep the deer herd down a little bit and manage the big bucks that are there versus – have a whole bunch of 130s at four and a five four or five years old versus keep the uh you know that the, 170 the, buck and keep his genetics in the area get yep. rid of those other little this the six point hundred and eighteen inch and the <laughs> 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 i'm not burning austin i was just i'm just saying like yeah, those types of bucks need to go point, right well i mean you're keeping the the elite the superb genetics right you're making right. that more of the dominant genetic if you can help it but but then you, you can't think, always focus on the score either so we can go into a whole other talk about that but i mean in my opinion austin's deer that he shot a couple weeks ago was awesome i mean yeah all kinds of character it's hard to come by a big six point like that. If you kill a bigger six pointer than that, I'll be I'll be impressed. <laughs> he'll buy he'll buy you a beer if he sees you at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things though and what you're talking about, Ross, I think it is possible for people that own their own farm. For the average guy that's tough, but even then if you have the opportunity or a lease or whatever, that takes a long, long time. You're right. Exactly. You know? It's almost to the point where well, and it takes a big chunk of property to do that. And yeah. you don't want to smoke all your tags up trying to shoot the the scrub bucks. Right. So right. if you my, my hold on, my my outlook is is I just like to shoot deer too much. You know? I mean, I shoot a lot of does. Yep. Which one of the properties I'm hunting now has a lot of does, so I don't think it's even I'm probably doing more good shooting more does. Well, um, because are, yeah. dude. Yeah, when you get when you get down to one to one, and then then you need to start worrying. Until then, just keep cracking them. Yep, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. because I've had six, seven does in one pitcher one time. I've never had this. You gotcha. know, on my trail cam, I'm like, whoa. You know that to me that doesn't seem like a common thing. Well, it hasn't been for me anyway. One or two or three maybe, but but I'd say I'd say backing up just a second. Um, when I talk about a, a decent, you know, a good buck, an old buck that doesn't score worth a crap at all. Um, doesn't matter. It's age. I guess age is what I was getting. The bottom line is age. Yes. You know what? He's a, a nice cool looking buck. buck. He's got a lot of character. Get him shot. You yeah. just shot. You just shot a mature buck. I mean, that's that's. I don't care what he scored. That's all you can obviously, do at that point. Obviously, you want to keep those 160, 170, the big, the really good genetics around. Mm-hmm. But if you got an opportunity on a five year old buck and he's going to score 135 inches, kill him. Kill him. That's like this guy right here. When and he, that's he was eight and a half, and he went what one. 
And that deer, he was gnarly, man. Yeah, one thirties. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing. It's just like some people, no matter what, it's just genetic. Like a five and a half year old deer doesn't mean it's gonna. Like you just said, is it's not gonna be a one seventy. It might only be a hundred and twenty inch deer, but he's just heavy body. You know, like Steve will never be on the cover of Men's Health. Like we get that, (laughs) but he's mature. You know, he's mature. Well, I wouldn't go that far. That's questionable. (laughs) I thought thought you were gonna bring the swole midget back into play. Okay, what I want to transition to now. I I wanted to. I wanted to ask one question, Kurt. No one really cares what you're gonna ask. Yeah, you do. I want to. I want to pick your guys' brain. This better be good. So if you guys pick up a property, say it's. it's Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we got sound effects. See, see, you two pick up a nice 120-acre piece, mm-hmm. and you guys just, it's yours. I want to pick your brain. How do you start? A TV show host gets busted for He's poker. killing you We're right not now. getting paid right now for this. We can't. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So it's a 120-acre piece that you, got, you two get. Yep. What are the first couple steps that you guys are taking to make sure your herd is where you want it to be and if not then where are you guys sitting how do you how do you handle that how do you handle business on a brand new 120 acre piece and what are you trying to turn it into i'd be kind of greedy honestly i'm uh if i'm just getting the piece i haven't had years to work with it i'm probably not going to try to do a lot of management as far as bad genetics i'm going to be putting a trail camera out there and looking for the big one yep any, i agree any, any deer that's a 150 five year old is going to be He's going to be uh, getting looked at pretty hard. But, you got to do your homework. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You go in there, you find the biggest buck, and you go after him. So that's, I, I mean, that's the way I look at it. Like a new property, you got to put tra- trail cameras out and do your homework and see, okay, what am I working with here? What's on this property? What's coming through the property? What's staying here? Kind of do that. And you can... Shit. And you can walk through that property. I mean, I would want to, you walk through the property, look at an aerial first, look at an aerial, and then make a plan to walk through and scout it and maybe think you got it figured out, but then you don't got it figured Which out. Which you, I mean, you never they, do the first they, time. Like, well, we, I mean, I keep going back to what Austin and I talked on the way here, but he's got a farm right now. He's hunting that the neighbors just cut their corn. Uh, it's a fresh cut cornfield, and we've been hunting the wrong side of the farm and these deer have been basically ghosts to us i mean they're on the other side of the farm uh dodging cameras necessarily been the wrong side but they're just using a different right. different right. food source at a different time of year when the corn gets cut then they kind of change their pattern a little bit and uh yep well and head that, out the other side of the farm absolutely it's, and it, it's basically like hunting a different farm it's big enough they start coming out the other side where we haven't been you, right you and you're seeing deer you, you haven't ever seen in. I got in a fresh stand tonight, hung the stand, and, and uh, got to see a deer that I'd never seen before, a, a deer that I'm going to shoot if I get a chance. Well, yeah, too, when, you, when you get a new piece, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to hang the stand, and then that's kind of where you figure out, okay, where the deer are coming from. Like, you don't really know, but you kind of say, hey, this looks like a good spot, yep. but you have no idea if the deer are coming by there or not. Stand number one's kind of an observation stand, yep, so you get absolutely. in there and see, and see if you're in the right spot, and if you don't like it, then you can tweak it on down the road, yeah. And realistically, you could figure that farm out pretty quick if you could hunt every day. But the weekender right. or yeah. the right. guys that get a couple of days or only get a week a year, I mean, it's hard to be there. And your camera's not going to pick up everything that's out there. Just what's on that tree. Exactly. So when you go out there, a lot of guys come away frustrated because 
man, I, I haven't had any pictures, and I got out there. And every time I seen a big one, he was 150 yards away. Yep. Right. Well, you just smoked a whole week of vacation time trying to get that deer or get a big deer shot. Um, when if you could be there every day, you could have got on that deer sooner. So what, yep. the frustration of the guys that can't hunt every day, all day, and figure that farm out. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough. Part of the chess game, though, I guess. It, That's it right. Is, well, transitioning a little bit um, right now, and it's kind of a sad thing because November's coming to a close. Um, quick, but awesome. But you were saying before the podcast, you think right now the rut is still kicking. I mean, what's give us your input, both you guys, um, the last couple days, what's happening now and what you expect to do in the next week or so up until second firearm season? Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit earlier about the, the effect that uh, shotgun hunting can have on pieces. Well, I'm lucky enough where I hunt, there's some big blocks of CRP and uh and my piece i didn't gun hunt it real hard anticipating that i'd be doing some late season bow hunting so i my piece is still pretty fresh so i get to get up on your mic a little bit there austin all right i'm i'm basically watching deer right now still behaving like the ruts in full swing uh tonight i got to see five bucks five bucks on a doe um it reminded me of something that i would see in the first week in november really okay I'm, and this is the 22nd of November. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm very hopeful for the next week of hunting. Um, yeah, after seeing probably the second biggest deer I've seen all season uh, tonight, having five other bucks on the same doe, <laughs> Ross is peeing in the corner. Yeah, it sounds like he's taking a leak over here. I can't believe that Mike picks that up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I guess my opinion is if your spot hasn't been pressured and you get the chance to go out there and hunt, take that opportunity to go out there maybe hang a newsstand think about the neighbor's food source try to think outside the box a little bit hang a fresh stand go in there and see what you're seeing and uh it changed it for me tonight i got to see a new one think about the neighbor's food source i think a lot of people maybe don't key in that factor because maybe it's not on your ground you can't hunt it but it's going to affect how deer travel from your ground to the neighbors that's a really good point figure where they're going out both yeah yeah, figuring where they're bedded up and where they're moving through right i mean it's and it changes like he said just or austin said just a little bit ago um depending on the time of the year i mean right now they're hitting the corn pretty hard but here in just a little bit they're going to switch over to any beans they can find i mean beans have the most protein when it gets nasty cold they go for the beans so so what that bringing that up i don't mean to cut you off but i kind of want to i want to get into that okay so right now what do you think is happening within doe estrus and psychologically with these bucks is it coming off the lockdown and and cutting over to check for the last batch or a desperate frantic move to try and breed does it just depends on the buck i mean it's not all going to happen on the same day for every buck so this morning talking about different food sources i was hunting some standing beans got to see a nice 140 inch deer with two or three does so obviously he's still doed up Mm -hmm. tonight i go into the stand and i have those five bucks come in with with a couple does uh, they're coming and going to a cornfield, different food source, but still doing the same thing. They're all still with the does, but that's not saying I've seen some 120 and 130 inch deer the last week that have been on the move. They're right. in between does. So this time of year, anything can happen. You can have that doe come by or you can have a buck cruising, but uh, I wouldn't be just resorting to a food source yet. It's not late season enough for me to just sit at home in the mornings and then go hunt in the evenings. I'm, okay. still, I'm still getting up every morning and going. 
So when would you make that transition? And that's where I wanted to go where you were bringing up, Ross. That's I look at temperatures. I look when it gets bitter cold, the snow starts flying, you know it's it's getting into December, the the rut's kind of starting to wind down. That's the time when I start setting the mornings out. Okay. So like and really the, it it adds up to uh, what you're seeing too. I mean, I I uh I killed a really good deer in 2012. Um it was November 30th, second shotgun season, the second day of shotgun season in 2012. And the night before, the the few days before that, it had been really cold, and the deer were just pounding. The actually, it was a cut cornfield, and I I noticed that switch between, like Austin's been saying, what he's been seeing, chasing these bucks, chasing and following does and searching, uh, straight to food. The big boys were hitting the food, and I thought, holy smokes, they've already they're past the rut and they're they're headed straight for food. Well, it worked out, and I was able to shoot him. Um, with a muzzleloader um uh november 30th and when he came out he 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 followed i I think there was like 30 there was like 30 or 40 deer in the field at that (laughs) point but um he came out behind set a group of six or seven does uh small bucks were in the field but he came following those does out so i'm sure he was still he still wanted the does company by by a long shot but he was there to eat too and he went straight to eating, and he didn't nose anybody around. He was just there to eat. So, so I, depending on the weather, like Austin said, I think that's a huge factor. Um, the food source at what given time of the year is another one. And the individual. And the individual. Yep. But, no, but we always say, like, it's getting colder, but, like, this weekend coming up. Yeah, I was just about to bring it's that up. Gonna, it's going to get warmer, actually, because today it was, like, a low of 18 this morning, and it was cold all day, but now come friday it's supposed to be like a high of 54 so is that going to change your guys's planning of where you're going to sit and what are you going to do it would change mine yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go hunt them like they're still in full rut i I would be down the timber i'd be trying to figure out where they're at yep i wouldn't i wouldn't like austin said sleep in and then go sit on the food source at night absolutely i mean in the mornings they're going to be cruising that warm weather they they don't need food and you know when they're in the rut they they can go a long time. They don't care about food. Friday is so. supposed to be sixty one, so you know a lot of guys that are, you know, the working working class. I mean, you know, you're going to get Thanksgiving off, and you're probably going to go ahead and get the, the well, day after it, Thanksgiving it's off. Such so a, it's, it's such a be, change here in the Midwest. I mean, like like I said, today's eighteen, mm-hmm. and Friday it's going to be sixty one. Like that's it's got to take a toll on the deer. You think don't I mean yeah. don't it? I but that'd be a really comfortable sit if you're going to sit all day. Oh, absolutely. For us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hunt this weekend like it's still the rut. Oh, I'm I, not gonna, I don't plan on doing anything different than I would normally do. <clears throat> but at, at some point, like say when, when Austin said that when that temperature changes, man, it's going to, and it drops, then yeah, you go straight to the food source. And when it's nasty cold, uh, last year, uh, 19th of December, even a few days before that, it was brutal. Um, they, those deer were showing up all day long and we barely got in the blind last year in that redneck. And it was like, I don't know, it was like 10 till noon or something at 12 Oh five. There was like seven big does came to the field, not one buck with them. And they ate for a while and they headed off. And then another group would come out and they'd eat for a while and head off. I mean, it's just like an all day thing. They just, they, they go back, they bed, they come back, they eat, they, they don't care about rutting because they got to have that fuel to stay warm. Yeah. But then you think about 
talk about stages of the rut, all right? So are we still in pretty good rut? Yes, I agree. At this point in time, yes, we are. Um, and then it's going to switch to food source. But then there's always those yearling does that come in. Mm-hmm. Last part of the year, January third rut the point. I was going to touch on the yeah, rut. You brought look, that up. We want to look at the rut as a one-dimensional thing. Like, is the rut on or is it off? Well, to me, the rut's on for three months. I mean, the whole hunting season, the rut's on. There's deer breeding the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can always catch that buck bumping a doe around. The chances are just higher right now. The first two to three weeks of November, which right. is a higher rate right now yeah. than it is say a month from now. Right. So remember okay. last uh, we had you on about a year ago. I think it was right after you shot your your buck, and you talked about that third rut. And we had a lot of people call in. This you know, was saying, this. Keep in mind, this was like first week of January, I think. And I thought you were crazy, kind of. Oh, I didn't think you were crazy. I've heard people talk about the third rut. I've never. Experienced I remember talking it. about that. Yep. We and heard then, people talking about you saying you were crazy. And then I went out <laughs> that weekend and saw a good eight, like a hundred mid one forties inch eight dog and does, and I'm like. Golly. <laughs> oh, gee dang. You know, uh, I was like, well, I'll be, a, I'll be tickled pink. Well, the thing about it is uh, I think Austin and I both listen and, and read up on, on Bill Winky a lot. I think what he Love has to guy. say, yeah. uh, it means a lot. And uh, we feed off of that quite a bit uh, according to what we see in the timber. Um, uh, that no, November 6, 7, 8, 9. I think he's he's like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. What I mean, we're, he says the seventh, give or take, give or like add plus three minus days, three days, plus minus, plus yeah. minus three. That's days. why we took our vacation then. Well, Kurt That's told me when to take mine. Right, right. I always, <laughs> I always, I always shoot for that date. <laughs> the reason that he pushes on those is is up until that point, you may have a chance, and there are guys out there that knock deer down this year and every year, um, here and there, kind of sporadic, but guys that kill end of October and caught a big dog on his feet. Um, which is awesome, but then you, it just seems like for me, almost every year, I'm between. I, I have really good luck at the very tail end of October, say the thirtieth, thirty-first, and then it's dead until five, six, seven, somewhere right in there. And then all of a sudden, every trail camera I have Blows and up. anything that I see in the timber, all of a sudden the big boys are showing up. When you've been watching the little guys, you know, the three-year-olds walking by. I mean, you're obviously they're running, chasing does, looking for does. They're on the search, but you're not seeing the big ones. And all of a sudden, one day it just clicks, and all the big ones are on their feet. And where in the world has that guy been? Mm-hmm. And you're Isn't sitting that crazy. There, it's, it's, it's it's crazy. It's so I, I agree completely with Bill when he says um, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever those days. Um, that's that's the cut loose days. Mm-hmm. But after that, it starts to kind of trickle down, and then all of a sudden you get those sporadic days where holy cow we've seen we've seen three 160s chasing one doe or something crazy like that it's like you can't predict those days or figure out when that's going to be but i mean wouldn't that be like austin said i mean any day is a good day after everything picks up i mean once the rut is in full swing it's it's three months of rut my two best days this year been the 16th and today the 22nd 16th of november and the 22nd of november yep and and you did you hunt very hard up until that point or 
uh, every morning and every night since October 26, other than five sits. I've missed five sits since the 26th of October. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. Man, what are you collecting? Good. Disability? How are you? <laughs> How are you one of the perks of being a farmer? <laughs> Just willing to go broke over deer hunting. Well, the, the, yeah, they must have picked this corn early. <laughs> I, I picked 25% corn so I can go set in the stand. <laughs> Cream corn. <laughs> Just running that through the combine. <laughs> but the thing is, like, throw some salt. You know, there if first firearm season in illinois didn't cut me off from when i was going to take my vacation i would actually take it i took it the week of the seventh i would actually take it probably more from the 11th through the weekend of first shotgun season but i don't firearm hunt typically so i took mine the week prior that's why so i'd have more days to hunt during that week instead of getting cut off by firearm season right so that's if, if we set it up like Iowa, I would normally take it overlapping into that couple of days in the first firearm season in Illinois. That's when my ideal day is, like the 10th through the 16th, 17th in that area. And that's that when I seen the mm-hmm. most action was those that week. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned November November 16th. I uh, The one deer that I named Gucci Mane, got one picture of him. He's a good deer. The only other picture I got of him was on the 16th at like 5.30 in the morning on this scrape. <laughs> He's probably dead by now. I, I, somebody told me, they're like, man, we saw this big bastard walking around. He was limping with half a rack. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he probably got blown away. So that deer's <laughs> probably not ever going to show up again. But, yeah, the 16th, as soon as he said that, I go, oh, wait, I know when I saw yeah, He was out there, and then he just, just, oh, oh, did it cut out? Yeah, there he goes. There, I wish you could just save the <laughs> ch- ch- So if I'm saying something stupid, you can collect and. Yeah, he's dead. There no, goes. it's like if I'm if instead of you warning me that I'm saying something dumb, you could just be like click click. So that's the oh, that's, that's the picture of the deer that I had an encounter with on the 16th, <laughs> and I've known that deer yeah, for a, a long giant. time. It's a giant. He's the, that's the sheds I brought in. Yeah, no, yeah, you have those sheds, dude. You could if if you saw him, dude, you get a perfectly heart shot at him right there. Well, can we do one yeah, thing? If you guys don't mind, can we hit some of these Facebook questions? Yeah. And then I want to talk about your buck, Austin, and then we I want to talk about the sheds and th- and this buck quick, if, if that's cool. That way we can hit this. Uh, hey, Ross, have you ever seen this? I've seen that picture once. <laughs> we can hit this the Facebook questions mid-stroke. There's just a few here. They and, probably uh, talked about their uh, their podcast that they did before. A lot of these have already sort of been um, kind of covered loosely, but if maybe we can just we'll go through answer and just give. Straight up answers. Yeah, if, if, that, if we've already covered it. Um, Scott Gardner. Okay, he's giving me shit, so we'll ignore him. No, no, he's a good dude. Yeah, he, bring he, his he ripped me because I had a misspell on the... Oh, uh, God, what did he say? He had a good point. He's a good guy. Bless his heart. He didn't ask a question. He just gave me hell. Um, oh, well, screw him, Amber then. and Mark Hurley. Is it time to start focusing on food sources again or stay in the thickets? I personally stay in the thickets. For one reason, is the thermal cover on the cold nights ahead, but I like to hear different opinions. Right. Um... I think we kind of we 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 kind of somewhat covered that on this on this one, but uh, otherwise I like his idea with the thermals and and we've the past few times in the tree we've we Austin and I've talked about that we wait on that and on the on the thermals to kick in and when they do you're in the money. That's your uh, guys' other podcast that you do right from the tree mm-hmm. from the tree from the truck. <laughs> that'd be a, but that'd be a no, good one for he's, you guys. He's, he's on a good track there. I like that. Uh, um, I don't. I don't want to say that I stray away from food sources right now. I hunt food sources all season long, but I'm. I just don't make that my number one 
evening right. set. I'm still I still get in the timber on some evening sets. Uh, I'm not in full food source mode yet, but I'm not going to rule it out if I'm seeing a big deer close to a field. I might go set the field edge. Okay, okay. Um, I let him know he responded so he can come in here. Uh, Gene Miller, how nocturnal and what changes mostly happen after the first gun season due to them being ran and shot at? We kind of covered this already. Um, had to be skid, uh, skitterish a little, which changes patterns, he's asking the question mark. This is assuming the properties surrounding gun hunt. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like you talked about, Kurt. You got 15 guys that drive through your little piece. I mean, obviously, that's going to disrupt everything. <laughs> right. So it just depends on how big the piece is and how much pressure is in the area. For sure. And you could turn around and have a smoking hot doe go running through, and they forget about any kind everything. of nocturnal movement. It just it, it's It's really just a... A shoot in the dark. A crab right. shoot. Shot in the dark. Um, let's go to the next one. Texas heart shot in the dark. <laughs> Gene also, I haven't shot a buck yet. It's post rut now or what? Do, do I still call? What type of calling? Do I concentrate on bedding or food source? Will bucks concentrate on nothing but food post rut? Midday best to move stands? There's a lot of questions there, so I guess just do the best you can. Yep. Thanks, Gene. <laughs> yeah, I'll start real quick. I say, uh, as far as calling, um, man, I'm I'm pretty sensitive with my calling. I mm. never blind call. I hate blind calling. That's interesting. Really? I, no, no way. I mean, rattling is different, but I, I really am kind of hesitant on even doing that. And, Do and I think Austin and I are both on the same page as far as that goes. But I, the first thing I see, you know, if I see a good buck cruising, and I mean he's cruising looking for a doe, he's not locked up. If you got a doe, or a big buck locked on a doe, and you grunt at him, he's just going to laugh at you. I mean, right. you can't. It, I've seen it done. There's guys that have pulled those bucks off of those does, which not, is incredible. Not a high percentage. No, it's think. it's it's a it'd be a shot in the dark if you can pull that off. Because do you think so, it's only only like younger bucks that just go out there and just you know button bucks and spikes that? Because I remember I. I what what day was it? Probably Thursday or Friday, something like that. And I heard a grunt. And I was like, "Oh man, that's behind me." And I was like, "I think that deer, whatever grunt, is going to be walking right by a trail cam." I didn't hear nothing. Maybe I threw out a grunt call, and I didn't hear. You know, didn't it, the it reason- didn't sound like anything. With you know, it got his attention or whatever. He kept walking. I look, and it's Spike Buck. And I was like, "Well, I heard grunting earlier, but I didn't you're see off, any bucks." You're better off. You know. To hit- Hit a bleat at that uh, spike buck. I mean, I mean, button buck, spike buck. You I, know, I didn't know what he was. He was behind yeah. me, and I was in a ground blind. I, I don't. Was, I don't like to. Uh, like I said, I don't like the blind call. And if I do, if I don't know, if I do, I got to be really confident. Majority of those deer are going to be upwind of me hmm. if I'm going to call at them because Didn't you go really rattling. You know, a, a buck's almost. He's guaranteed a, a good buck. A mature buck is guaranteed he's coming downwind. I mean, he's not. Yeah. And he he may be upwind, but he's going to circle all the way around you. Oh, yeah. And it may take 15 minutes. That's why every time we rattle, you better be waiting and be ready to go 15 minutes later. Because <laughs> uh, the other day, we had a, you know, we had a three-year-old cruise through, two-and-a-half-year-old. And I rattled and grunted at him just to, just to see if I could get him to come in. Because... I, we've been struggling with rattling bucks in this year, so I wanted to see if I could get him to come in. 
and it was a good 10 minutes and he went and i think we we found a scrape i think he hit a scrape uh but he jacked around for a long time before he decided to come running in and he did and he came straight downwind hmm. that's just yep, that's, yep. so calling it deer hey, and we could go on a whole tangent about yeah, that that's but on another episode yeah but <laughs> my, my big my big uh, bugaboo with blind calling is <laughs> I'm, I'm always all right you got a different get mic right up in there. Get, yeah. get I'm always there going go. to be in super thick, low visibility spot if I'm going to blind call, rattle or grunting, whatever. If I've got any kind of visibility, I'm just going to wait to see that deer come out. If I can hear deer in there and I can't see them, then that's a time to blind call. But I usually don't just start tooting on the grunt call for no reason. <laughs> to- I love that. Tooting on the grunt tootin call. Tooting on the grunt call. That's awesome. I love well, that I shit. just figured out the name of their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and he was talking about stands, uh, when to hang a stand. Mm -hmm. So not just this time of year, but any time of year, if I'm going to stink up a spot, I'm going to take my stand in with me about 11 o'clock, noon, whatever. I'm going to hang it, and I'm going to hunt it. I'm going to make it worth my time to go into that property and bring my scent in with me. I'm at least going to get the first cherry set out of it before all the deer pick up on the scent. That's right. And and hanging and hunting can be your best can be your best bet, honestly. I mean Well tonight I got to see my second best buck of all season and it was a hanging hunt night. That's right. First First cherry first sits. That's That's the cherry set. Yep. I like that. A lot of guys almost said almost said something that wasn't no let's hear it. No, I can't. I can't say it. A lot of guys can you can kill on that on that first time in. I mean hang and hunt. That's what I've got a I've got a bunch of lone wolves in Austin. I've done it numerous times this year. Oh I know you have a bunch of lone wolves. Like Oh my god. Just a few. We walk in You saw them, dude. I know, I know. I was joking. Okay. We uh so we walk in and we hang and hunt and that and you don't want to just walk in there like october 15th and hang and hunt and think you're <laughs> going to kill a giant i mean you if you're going to hang and hunt you want to get in there early and hope that it's a i mean we like to hope it's a windy day oh, yeah. windy or you or know rain, rainy or rainy or you know too, rain's yeah. coming in that night or something to, to wash all that stank out of there so i like doing it would you if you got an all-day drizzle even though you want to sit during that that's killing day but, but if you got to make a move I like doing that because all the leaves are soft yeah, and everything. And it's that's just, right. It's almost like the, the sound doesn't travel through the woods. No. Nope. Would you, you, know, you can sneak up on them? Would you? Uh, if it was like you got an early snow, would you? Say you knew there was a big front coming in, and you were getting you know snow starting at about seven eight in the morning, but you knew you wanted to move some stands because you you had seen some deer. What would you do? Say that snow's coming in seven in the morning. It's going to start. I mean, are you sitting till noon? getting down and hanging stands in the snow or what are you doing oh man come on that's a good I'm question you. you guys are sitting here talking about drizzle i can't talk about snow if it's gonna if i know it's gonna snow and there's a front coming in you I, your ass is in a stand i can tell you that i oh yeah you know that the nastiest weather is the best i mean there's there's been numerous numerous encounters i've had um with with it being rainy and nasty and you don't want to be out there it's cold but if i had a pretty good idea that this deer was in the area but i wanted to move i already have a set in the timber and i'm talking about a set already being in the timber but if if i know i had a set and i wanted to move it but i I knew it was going to snow rain sleet everything else i i would go in there and i'd set that stand um and then i'd wait until 
it was time to move. The wind picked up. The the okay. morning was dead. You couldn't see anything. I mean, you just then then tear it down and move on and and move it fifty yards or whatever you need to do. But uh, and, and another thing is, is I don't I don't like to walk into these spots in the dark, whether it be morning or yeah, I mean morning obviously. But you're walking in in the morning and it's pitch black. I'm scared to death to blow deer out of the field. I would much rather glass my way in when it's daylight. Wait till daylight and then ease your way in because you can't go in there blowing deer out of the field. You have no idea who was there. Um, had yep. this happen uh, this past weekend, uh, walking in in the dark, and we got within 20 yards of a big boy. And when he ran off, the whole ground shook. And I'm like, man, <laughs> we really should have been glassing our way in, waiting till daylight, another 15 minutes, and we could have seen him from a long ways off yeah that's a that's a thing I, I remember one of the first times we talked to you you when you were doing uh it was a respect the game oh 2015 2016 season i mm-hmm. think it was it was 2015 and you were going in there you said hey you know it's like november 16th we're going in here at about november 30 november 9th november 9th you're yep. like we're going in here at 9 30 and we always, I always thought that was cool. You know, I've tried to apply that tactic myself. I, I walk through a horse pasture, so instead of, like, blowing the big boys out, I walk with a horse. But, I mean, you know, that daylight, you, you're you able to see a lot more. I don't have a huge field, but I have a big enough field that now the corn's down. I got to walk. <laughs> I have to walk. But that is picked up so because... Is that a deer or a horse? I don't know. Shoot it. It's gun season. If it's brown, it's down. Sorry, uh, Sea Biscuit. But yeah, your uh, your number one fan, Scotty Sullivan, uh, is taken to that, and he's been. Uh, I remember I saw a Snapchat, and he's like, "It's like Ross said, man. Wait till about nine thirty to get in the field." And Something to that, man. Wait, why don't you ride the horse in? Wouldn't that be a lot easier? The horse is a pony. You I don't want to break it. You just back. ride it in and just. <laughs> Write it on in. Oh, come on. <laughs> Rick Flair. Let's move on to we got one the more. pony riding. All right, now. We got one more Facebook question here, and then uh, this is a cool one here. I'm interested to hear this answer from you guys. How late in the season do you find decoys effective? Ooh. That's a great question. Oh, I, you man. Know, I'm not a big decoy hunter. You I, know I, what, I love, man? I love watching decoy hunts on TV. I just I don't decoy hunt. I, I tell you this. I've never... I've never Okay, I, I can't say I never have been a decoy man. I've tried it, and I've killed over one, but it was my first big buck with a bow, and I was 16 years old, um, and it was awesome. He put on a show. It, he was he was pissed. He rolled in just thrashing every sapling he could. <laughs> I mean, he made a scrape. He was just throwing a fit, um, but that was October 2nd, or November 2nd. That was the earliest I ever killed one um, at that time, I guess, so... November second, he was he come in, but he was he was a three year old. Um, what time of year would I stop? Okay, before I get into that, um, Greg Steele, owner of Elite, mm-hmm. and and Matt Ortman, who I filmed last weekend, um, they both have killed. Matt Ortman had an awesome kill last year over a giant uh, at Greg's farm, and this year Greg killed a giant, uh, one sixty buck, mid sixties buck. Um, over the DSD decoy buck. Oh, Beautiful yeah. decoys, and, man. I got to get me one. Oh, yeah, they're only about $900 a right, piece. Right. Hey, see if Clark Cummings will sell his after season. No kidding. Jump I'm going to steal his when he ain't looking. Dude, he he <laughs> had to tow my car home. I don't know if I told you that story, but he had one in the back. We should talk about it. I seen it. 
Um, we talk about how I towed your car home right now. Well, so no, we, that's not. I, I got more important things I want to hear we, about. Uh, so anyways, both of those guys have just and, – and I asked them when I got there. Uh, Matt had the decoy in the back of the Ranger, and I said, this seems kind of crazy, man. I mean, we're, this is – what was it? I don't know. November – 14 15 16 whatever it was and i'm like this seems kind of crazy what you got a plan he's like uh put the decoy out and we kill buck <laughs> i'm like keep it i simple, know stupid <laughs> i know that's been working really good for you but wait, i mean is there a reason behind it what, what do you got and and you know I, and i made this comment on the way here I, sometimes i feel like we overthink things maybe we need to just throw that decoy out there and and it works out now i've had really good encounters with with a decoy sitting in the field and have really good bucks come and just about take that decoy out. Uh, not big enough to shoot, but really nice bucks. So he was just bound and determined this decoy is coming with us. Um, we didn't end up having any encounters, uh, but but just banking on the two of their encounters almost a year apart to exactly, it, it was crazy that this dsd brought these big boys in and they were posture and i mean something like you see on tv basically i mean right they just i mean it was crazy yeah i'm not i'm not a damn expert on decoys i tried it for the first time this year i'm not an expert really on anything you guys if you listen to this podcast you pick that up i put a decoy out that a buddy of mine dan fisher you guys got to meet him last week mm-hmm. he let me borrow great guy and i took this thing out and the, one of the problems was one of the legs was screwed up, like his dog chewed it up, so it had to be screwed in. But it's one of the, I think it's like a flambeau or whatever. So normally you can you can take this thing you. apart and put it in. But, dude, I, I started bringing that thing across a horse pasture. With the horse or without the horse? The horses were in there, and they were freaking out about this thing. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were all Ric Flair wooing. They were doing the slap chop and talking about how many Lamborghinis and alligator shoes they have but i took this thing and they freaked out and i was like okay that's kind of weird i set that thing and probably an hour and a half later i had a fox run right in smell it and then like run right back out i was like man that is the weirdest thing i would ever seen i don't know if i set it up right but i know i wanted to set it up because of something that eric told us that philip vanderpool said yeah you know have it go, you know, facing you so that if, you know, it's going to go check its face and its ass so you'll get two good shots or rather have it face you. Well, that you want it to cut around so your wind's correct. So if it goes downwind to you, he's got to cross with you. Yeah, and that's yeah. – well, I, 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 I To answer this Facebook question, and I'm not a decoy – you know, I'm about – I'm a little above Steve when it comes to decoying, whereas I wouldn't bring up how Fox ran in and ran off – but <laughs> I just wanted to bring up how Michael Pitts and <laughs> talked about the doe story. Shout out your, to Michael Pitts. We I'm, love you, I'm busting buddy. your balls. But I think depends on how late in the season that transitions if you're going from a buck decoy or a doe decoy. Yeah. Because I wouldn't – getting real late into the season, I don't know. And you guys might disagree and have a point that I didn't think about. But the way I would think of it is I wouldn't run a buck decoy too late and use a doe decoy because you might get a buck that late season is getting curious like – Hey, what's that dough? I better go check her. I got limited oh. time here. And Not I'm, that kind of curious. Gonna, like, uh, hey, I'm in college. I'm going to comment cute. <laughs> just before Austin does because I want to hear Austin's opinion. But I want to okay. say that uh, my point of my story with taking that buck decoy is I was a little bit on the on the on the fence about taking a buck decoy that late in November. But then again, it worked really, really well a few days uh, before. I haven't seen anybody yet i guess and i'm sure somebody's out there that's killed a really good buck over a buck decoy 
late in November. But at this point, um, if you're going to take a decoy, I'd lean more towards the doe. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Go go ahead, Austin. I think right now, November 22nd, after seeing what I saw tonight, bucks posturing, bristling, I think it would still be pretty effective. Um, a week from now, you're kind of starting to slide off. Right. I would say by November, I'd be shutting down on the decoy. Now, I was thinking doe decoy. I'm thinking, like, he's asking how late it would be effective. I was thinking December-ish. Like, with, with a doe. With a doe. Would you, now, would you not, because um, you, you see a bunch of Facebook posts where they take just one antler off. And I think you were you brought up the story. Somebody, no, it was uh, it was our buddy Brandon, and he said that you know there's a guy that said he never decoyed, and then he had one and it got ran over by a truck and the leg was all mangled. He said he put it out there and left a camera on it, and all of a sudden the bucks just were like attacking it because for some reason they thought it was inferior. But that's why you take an antler off. I mean, have you guys ever heard anything yep. like that? I'm not an expert uh, that's why i'm asking you guys both kills were made over this dsd buck decoy uh between greg and matt and it's missing one ear and it's missing one antler and hmm. he looked all beat up so and they th- come so in do you think that that buck that's coming in has said hey something's wrong with this deer so like i'm more I'm dominant more, over you he's like yep. hey i can take that wimp's lunch money yeah right, right. i'd rather right. beat up a 120 pound guy than a 180 pound guy <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> but right. not to say that you I couldn't mean, do both I, don't say yourself i probably could, i probably couldn't do either but i'm just saying <laughs> well no i, mean, I think <laughs> that's a good you, point though i mean back we to need the to... bar rut you're at the bar no it makes a good point though i think i think that yeah you need to you need and and I had a decoy, or I have a decoy, two of them, two different buck decoys. One's that uh, Flambeau Boss Buck, and yeah. the other one is Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Uh, yep. I remember you watched the Primos, the Primos uh, Fuzzy Buck. And you're, you're giving him I've, a bath this year. I was. Yeah, I, I did. That. I gave him a bath and, and uh, lethal, lethal. Uh, oh yeah, sh- uh, shampoo or uh, uh, yeah, hair that. wash, whatever it was. <laughs> Anyways, but. Um, no, I'd, I'd beat those two up. I mean, I cut their antlers up with a sawzall and took an ear off and made them look all mangled and turned their antler sideways and made them look stupid. But that, uh, and it's, and it's worked, but there's only been one time we've, I think we put that decoy out and just didn't have anybody show up. But, um, otherwise I'd say, yeah, if you can make that buck look inferior or that decoy look inferior, then all the it doesn't matter. And you don't want to put, 170 set of horns on the right on the decoy right. i mean yeah. <laughs> they'll run everybody off but don't want to put your uh your 3d targets out there or anything well i think too i mean just talking from philip or philip when we were in camp like it's not just setting a decoy out there you can't just go out there and put him anywhere you want you gotta strategically Strategically? Strategically? Yeah, Strategically. You sound like you just sounded a whole barrel sounded out. <laughs> but yeah you had to place him certain way to where your position it's gonna yeah the deer that's coming in his movement around the decoy is going to benefit you right and with the way he comes in is going to tell you how that deer is acting if he comes up to the ass end of the deer or to the face of the deer right right for sure. which which you can tell that pretty quick even when there are ways out how they're going to be i mean right. when uh and going back to that wow uh, two years ago kill on november 9th middle of the day um that buck that came cruising through i called him uh old man and he's just an eight pointer 120 inch 125 inch deer he was at least eight years old i had a lot of history with that deer 
and that was the very first time I ever seen him on the hoof. I had thousands of trocam pictures of him, but could never see him. And he come blazing through with three other bucks and four or five other does. And when that uh, Toomey's guy rolled in with spreading fertilizer, uh, he got him up. I think he got him up on their feet and started pushing them around. Well, then they just started chasing does and and getting into it. But um, anyways, when he came through um camera got on him his back he hit the sun his back was all slick he was i mean he was looking good nice and shiny and he seen that other buck the buck that ended up shooting and he was behind some brush and as soon as he seen him his ears just laid flat back on his neck and his hair stood straight on end and he was just a big old fuzzball and i had no idea what was going on because he was walking straight towards this doe Mm -hmm. and he walked around this big brush pile and here come the deer that I ended up shooting. And at first I thought it was him, but it was re- it was just kind of crazy to watch that the deer's posture, that buck's posture, change once he's seen that other deer. So going back to what they're going to do once they, once they see that decoy, I mean, if their ears lay back and they get all puffy, I mean, they're going to, you know they're ready to fight. Start they're coming sideways, in. Sideways yeah. walk. And- you better be drawing your bow, otherwise your decoy is going to suffer some shit's getting serious <laughs> well let's let's transition to austin's big six and uh yeah this buck that you're kind of working in on now um maybe talk tell a little bit about the story and what the plan is to get on this deer that you're uh you're gonna use that second buck but if on. you're tuning in now you probably ever heard this on a tooting on the grunt uh podcast <laughs> so let's hear it for the first time on the working class bow hunter podcast well i'll give a condensed story but i've had a lot of history <laughs> with this deer actually haven't got to see this deer since 2013 and wow. the other day on the 16th of november i looked down and boom there he is i would never had a picture of him all year so it was a pleasant surprise but he's big he's he's probably 160 maybe upper 160s big 10 point big main beams just a real cool deer um i would say seven years old uh yeah, number one deer I'd like to kill, and finally got to see him, so I consider that a success in itself. Um, but I yeah, mean, yeah, just seeing him after that many years—that's a success right there. Yeah, yeah, it's like I said, thirteen, and this is seventeen, so it's it's been a long time coming just to get to see him. So hopefully it that's happens. Awesome. But I'll grab the sheds here. That would be cool. I've never had like that long of like a, a history with a buck to. to you know what I mean? To have a build-up to something. Hopefully yeah. that's a successful story. So that that's his shed in uh, 2013. Uh, he's missing his G2 there, but he's a 150-inch deer. I got to let him walk in uh, 2013, had him at 20 yards. He's, like, all curled up. That's kind of cool, He's got man. a long main beam on him. Yeah, he comes right. Well, his yeah, spread was probably, like, three. It's tip-to-tip <laughs> spread was, like, three inches here, probably. Huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty his close. His main beam almost touches his brows, dude. And then I didn't find a shed the year after and there he is well, someone f- like just bent him there he is at five <laughs> that's a five-year-old shed you got there yep. awesome yeah. yep well, how he, old's this first shed right here man they do, they a, do the same thing he's three years old and that with the first one that's the year i passed him and look thir- what two 13. years does man yeah, yeah. Look, he, had, swoop. he had a uh split brow tine and now it's just absolutely gone on this yep and it, he's done wow, a lot of different weird. things look so, at that now you can see where the little split was starting on his G2 there. Well, last yeah. year he had a big split, and this year it's a small split, but it matches on both sides, and he lost all of his junk that he had last year. So now he's just a big, clean, 
ten point with yeah. splits on his two. But it's amazing to look at a, a three year old shed versus a five year old. A three year old shed to a five year old shed. Yep. I mean it same shape but spindly versus mass. Also, right. I'm just curious what you would think because I love big eight pointers. I have maybe there's an attraction to big eights to me, and I just I love them. This five and a half year old shed we have his left side in studio. Assuming his other side was close, how big do you think that deer would go I as an sc- eight? I scored him at 150 if he had like a 15 or 16 inch spread, which he right. does. He doesn't have a big spread, so okay, he's close to 150 inch deer there. That's what I was thinking. And he's you know at three years old he was 150. He really hasn't gained that much. Like I said, last year he was maybe 170. This year, I'm guessing closer to 160. So the deer's kind of stayed the same his whole life. I was really expecting that deer to be huge by six years old. The reason why I was asking that, because I want to make sure my thought process was in the same spot. Last week, I told the story about the big eight that came in, and I hit in the fucking no-bow zone. And he's this deer with his beam didn't curve in his tight, and I would say 22 inside. Yep. And I guessed him right at 160-ish as an 8. Probably pretty close. And my heart just still hurts from it, so I'm going to hand this to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so you only got his uh, his left side. Uh, both years. Right, for both yeah. years. So have you have you ever seen this deer in uh, on the hoof, or what's the... Well, yeah, me, when I, I got to pass on him in 13 when he mm-hmm. was a 3-year-old, and then uh, on the 16th I got I had him at 20 yards and just didn't I couldn't get ready fast enough. He was through the opening by the time I was ready. Which he'd be, what is he, 7? Seven? 7 this year. 7 this year. Yep. That's crazy. I hope you that's, get on him, man. That's insane. I do, too. I'll be a happy hunter. That where did, be how, a great story. How close, uh, do, do you remember where you found both those sheds at? Yeah, so tonight where I hung my newsstand is about 100 yards away from, from where I picked up that five-year-old shed. So I'm hoping if he beds in the same place the next couple of weeks, I'll get an eyeball on him. Nice. Yep. You'll connect. I have confidence in you. Something about your uh, – you, you have good charisma. I think you'll I think you'll get on him. It's the look <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, the so podcast. Log. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow morning I'll go kill him for a Thanksgiving present, and I'll send you guys a text. That would be nice. I will. We'll come over to your house for Thanksgiving. Since we missed your wedding, by the way, congratulations hey, on that. I appreciate that. Congrats. Do you remember when you invited us to that, and you're like, hey, you're all welcome, and then all of a sudden I see on Facebook, Austin Chandler, married. I'm like, oh, I, I texted Kurt and go, hey, shh. Dude, were we supposed to go to Austin's <laughs> wedding? And I was like, oh, hey. shit, he said he'd send us invites. I guess he rescinded it, so I don't feel bad that I wasn't invited. <laughs> I, I felt pretty I bad. I remember saying I was going to send an invite. I verbally invited you, Steve. I got an actual invite, and I ended up spending the weekend in uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> he ditched and went I, I missed, oh, wow. I missed his I wedding so I could go kill a black bear. All right. Well, if you would have yeah. if you would have sent a physical invitation, I probably would have ended up in jail. So I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're married. I'm happy. I'm happy as shit for you. Appreciate but. that. She's a good woman. She lets me go hunting and takes care of the kids when I'm gone. So it works out perfect. Well. Man, that's you, like, you got two kids now. Uh, one stepdaughter, and then my boy just turned two on the 13th. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Busy. Busy. busy How old's busy. Uh, Ross bigger over there? Uh, he's got a whole yeah, Ross has got all of them. Yeah, dude, Ross has got a clan going on over there. It's a factory at home. <laughs> it's <there>. a factory. <laughs> dude, a- adding to Bigs. I think they named no, Bigsville after all the biggers that are out there. <laughs> they had to have. Strongest oh, swim we... team in northwest Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was contemplating naming every kid Michael Phelps. They're <laughs> swimming mofos. They just go like hell. No, they uh gold medals. We've and... got we've got three three little boys under the age of three and this was a Saturday. Um I'd be our oldest turns three. 
So wow, awesome birthday party this Crazy. weekend. Ross Biggers beard brought to you by Rogaine. <laughs> <laughs> How are you not gray yet? Oh, it's it'll be gray next year. Okay, next year. I am like totally gray. And this it has been me off. this has been a rough one this year. So. Yeah, you're, you're a silver <laughs> fox, Steve. You just scream three hundred three. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I scream George Clooney. <laughs> it's yeah three hundred three. Have, uh, have, I, I think the, the first two are 14 months apart, and uh, the mm-hmm. second and third are like 16. So, man, that's gonna be a hell of a college bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, college, we missed. Man, they're gonna be three. farming Austin's farm. Right. We missed it though. <laughs> we were gonna have we were gonna have uh, junior, senior, sophomore, or senior, junior, sophomore, and. Ended up being September eighth. The cutoffs August thirtieth. Oh. Thirty, yeah, 30, August thirtieth. Yeah. So Damn. we'll end up having senior, junior, freshman. You could always homeschool them and just print out their high school diploma right now. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. The family business yeah. is going to be running strong. I'm I'm worried for the women in your county. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good grief! At that point in time. Yeah. Yep. Wait, wait. You guys might be in laws at some point. Could yeah. happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's possible, but not on my watch. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys hang out enough together as it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, how um have, have either of you guys uh because you how old your oldest? Uh, Izzy would be seven years old. Seven years old. Okay, so you're closer to taking a, a child hunting than uh, closer than he is. Well, I don't know how they do it down in Bigsville, but. Um, are you guys excited about you know being able to get your kids on on their first deer Absolutely. or maybe your um, yeah. your wives or whatever? What's a what's going through that? And I, I want to transition to the family friendly well, portion. Of both the show. of us, both of us have taken our wives out and uh, they've shot deer. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's right. That's yeah, checked. Your off. wife has a stand. I forgot. Okay, all right, my all wife right, has a stand, and okay. and and his wife has a stand. So we. Uh, we had we got that checked off the list. Now we're just uh, trying to kill as many big bucks as we can before the kids roll in. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a way to do. It. I still got a lot of time, so I'm gonna keep hustling that out. I yeah. remember you uh, now. All right, now I'm bringing it back where you were like, "Yeah, this is my wife's stand." I go, "Oh, dude, you're putting her up there," and you were like, "Yeah, I better go tie something off here, <laughs> like put a safety strap up there for her." All right, I remember that now. <laughs> yep, yep, got to do it, man. No, got to take care of the old ladies. Bringing the kids in, though, man, I'm I'm excited for it. I and it'll be you know when I think anybody when you any father that has a chance to take their kids hunting once you once they get to that stage you kind of I'm I'm having a really hard time trying to wrap my mind around this, but I think from what I hear from other people, once it gets to that stage, I'm going to be more focused on them killing a deer than it is me killing killing a big buck right that's like and trevor schmidt i think it's gonna happen i'm just i'm until it happens i'm i'm still just dumbfounded thinking i'm gonna give up going and killing a big deer i can see that a maybe i'm bit, an asshole for saying that but i'm just I'm no saying. no because i when people say that a lot and i i see that but i think that'll happen for a bit and then your boys will start to figure it out like you've started to figure it out a bit and, and then they kind of become more self-sufficient and and then at that point you know you can you go back as a team where it's like me and my dad, I'm older obviously, but we went through this stage where my dad helped me get set up and then I caught onto it and then I'm doing my own thing while he's doing his own thing. And we're both killing big deer or yep. trying to get on big deer. Oh yeah. yeah. But it is, it is cool to see you and you, your dad's, you know, relationship, how it still goes. I mean, my, my old man never hunted, but 
you know, every weekend, like Papa Dave's here. Everyone's like, I thought Papa Dave was at the beginning of this no, episode. He, <laughs> he, he going. Yeah, he went to sleep. <laughs> He's, yeah, we're getting up early. We're going hunting in the morning. We're running late here. But. Yeah, but but what the you know what the thing is, it, it there's still that father son relationship no matter where you're at in life. So you own a house, Kurt. And, you know, oh. when your dad comes over, you know, he still brings a bunch of groceries. And it's just like... Hunting camp, man. It, it is hunting camp, but it's like, it's nice that, you know, because you still look up to your dad. And you guys are still doing your own thing. But there is always still that father-son bond that I always see. And I always just... I don't know. I enjoy it. I always wish my old man had gotten hunting so I could take him out hunting. You know, almost lost him this year. And it's just like, damn, dude. You know, for all those guys that are having kids... I'm like man, I, I finally get it, dude. That that'd be the shit to take your kid out, have him shoot a great deer, and just be able to enjoy the outdoors. You know, I, I know we hunt pretty hard, and it's like almost like a job for us. But hell, man, that that kind of sounds more appealing the older I get. I don't know, it's weird, but I think you're right, Steve. Right. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose track of wanting to kill big deer once my I see my boys interested in it. I mean, what? When you can see them wanting to and wanting to learn and all that, I mean, I'll give up everything else just to just to watch them kill their first Absolutely. deer. I mean, that's Absolutely. gonna and it was and it was phenomenal to watch my wife kill her first deer. And when we when I did, I, I mean, it's it meant the world to me. So I, I can only imagine what it's gonna be like watching my boys. So for sure, yeah, that'll be the it'll be better than you killing one yourself, dude. Then you'll yeah. make them a macaroni picture. What the hell is that? <laughs> that was way off the deep what is end. It? Does nobody ever make macaroni pictures for their parents anymore at 28 years old? No, I don't know what you're talking about. What, you do? Yeah. Austin does? Yeah. <laughs> that was for both of us. That went through both of our heads. <laughs> what do you think, Austin? As far as the whole uh, bringing the kids into it. Oh, what are you looking forward to? I'm pumped, man. I, I've already, I already pretty much give up my gun season to take Leah out, you know, when she can go. Last year we got to hunt two days, and she got to kill a great 131-inch eight-pointer. That's just awesome. Just a hoss of a deer. And this year I got to, I tried to bring her in and put her on the big boy the first season. We didn't get to see him, but maybe the second season she'll get to get on him. So. Ooh, you must That's have been awesome. going through a drought or something. Well, you know, if he goes on my wall, I don't care if she pulls the trigger or I pull the trigger, as long as he's going on my wall. That's what I was saying, that's man. Kurt say, that's literally Kurt saying, as long as it's on my wall. Yep. Sam kills a big buck, still gets hung up in my house. Yep. yep. Hey, it's like me getting one. We're on a team, you know? Yeah, that's right. But if we ever get divorced, I'm keeping the deer. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, that's always like, the scariest thing. Like, you know... You know, just hey, just, yes. W- women, women turn the podcast. The prenup. This, this is just guys talking, dude. Women Sign are evil. <laughs> women are evil. They know that they will take your passion and they'll rip it up. You know, it's like if you have all these deer heads and you get married, half those are hers. Well, yeah, as long as Even they don't you take my deer them. heads or my car, I'm good to go. Sign a damn prenup. She can have the house as long as I get to keep the heads. Nah, yep. sign a prenup. Women are evil. They know what okay. means the most to you, and they'll anyway. attack it. I think You're we done. I think we shut her down there unless Okay, women turn cover. back in. I'm sorry. Hey guys, this is a family friendly portion. I am <laughs> kidding, by the way. <laughs> we uh we started off rough and we ended we I think we, we And then we ended rough. We went strong in the middle and then we closed her out rough again. Which well, I think hopefully is hopefully we didn't lose anybody about five minutes in. Well <laughs> keep in mind we're running the studio. I'm running this mixer with six people in the studio, running Headphone volume and the computer We've while Steve's yelling. Feedback so, coming back through us, and we're trying new technology. My point exactly over here. Why well, I'm trying to explain the struggle. Yeah, Tur- exactly. Turn the lights off so we can hear. 
Yeah. See, perfect. I, I just I, so who wired some, this anyway? <laughs> some Amish electrician or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you better replace the wick in your <laughs> in your light. But uh, lantern. So I mean, that's just part of it. That's real. We, well, let's uh, end. Let's end it strong. Uh, what what words of encouragement do you guys got? Jeez, put me on the spot. Oh my God, do you want to end rough? Get off the couch. They're still running around. That's right. Yeah. We'll end around that. We love you. Go shoot your bow. Good luck. Happy Thanksgiving. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment.